Welcome back to Grazia Life Advice. I'm Rhiannon Evans and this time we're with a Kurt Geiger trustee. My name is Bernadette Higgins and I'm a presenter, model and activist and I'm this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice podcast. Bernadette tells us all about starting to follow her dreams after her leg was amputated. I learned to walk very, very quickly and I just got stood out there and started trying everything that I had always wanted to try. She tells us about her amazing work with children who have been diagnosed with cancer. A lot of young people don't think that it can happen to them, mm-hmm. which is, makes it even scarier for them. Mm-hmm. I remember even in school, if someone came in to give a talk, it would usually be like an older person talking about things. And finally, we chat about her presenting for Northern Irish football. It's, it's mad because before I would use my legs, obviously, to play like football and Gaelic and things like that. Things that I can't really do as much anymore mm-hmm. for this prosthetic. So this is kind of my way of still getting to be involved. All of that, plus dealing with imposter syndrome and gaming, Bernadette is a ray of sunshine. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Bernadette. How are you today? Good. What about you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm absolutely delighted to have you on here today. And we're really lucky to have you because you are working with Kurt Geiger's Kindness Foundation. Yeah. Could you just explain to me a bit about who you are and how that came to be that you worked with them? So I'm, it's crazy to say it, but I'm one of the directors on the board for the Countess Foundation. And part of what I do is I help make decisions on how we can help people. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just use my own experience from different situations that I've lived and people that I've met and learned from. But we're always just trying to see it from the point of view of the people that need the help so that we can provide the best support. And just to talk about your own situation, if, you, if you're comfortable with that, you, you, people might know you from a documentary you did in 2021 with the BBC or from your modelling work or from your presenting work, but you, you have had one of your legs amputated following a mm-hmm. battle with cancer, yeah? Yeah, just after turning 22, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with synovial sarcoma, right. which is a really rare kind of cancer. It's like one in a million. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the stage that my cancer was found, it had wrapped itself around my nerves um, and my blood vessels. So mm-hmm. the only option then for me was to amputate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so why did you find the Kindness Foundation such a great place to work with? And what was it that drew drew you to it? So I just love everything that they stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually one of the first people, well, I actually was the first person, I suppose, on the People Empowered campaign. Yeah. And after I launched the campaign with them, I just continued working with Kurt Geiger because... I just think they're amazing. Yeah. But yeah, they decided to bring me on to the board for the Countess Foundation after that um, mm-hmm. because they could see how passionate I am in regards to providing help and support to the people that need it that are disadvantaged and like the marginalised groups. Yeah, because the, you know, one of the main objectives of the foundation is to bring people who might traditionally find it hard to get into creative industries to mm-hmm. within creative industries, right? Yeah, we're always just trying to focus on the different marginalised groups and we try to always improve diversity and equality in the creative space. Mm-hmm. Like this hasn't really been done before and a lot of amazing people haven't been able to access opportunities to grow and learn mm-hmm. and work in the creative industry. So yeah, we're we're changing that. Yeah. I mean, I know you have spoken very positively, almost if that was the right way, about <laughs> how cancer affected your life and losing mm-hmm. your leg. I think you've said, you know, I think you told one of the newspapers your life began when you kind of got cancer and you started living then I mean yeah you know do did you find that you got more opportunities less opportunities and how how did that work for you see before before I got sick Mm -hmm. I 
I just used to go to work every day and go home. Mm. And I watched everyone else kind of living their lives and doing the things that they wanted to like try. Mm. But I never le- allowed myself to try different things that I wanted to try. So it took for me to realize that life was so short. Yeah. Um. So whenever I got sick, I just, I learned to walk very, very quickly. And I just got straight out there and started trying everything that I had always wanted to try. Yeah, absolutely. And you've turned that, you know, to other people as well and helping them, I guess. Yeah, I love being able to use what's happened to me to help people. So I get the chance to meet like lots of kids and everything um, and help them customize their prosthetics and just like I even like I've went into schools and things like that to teach them about diversity Mm. just to make sure that everyone's just accepting each other and things like that yeah I mean because ideally it wouldn't even be a thing right it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be a point of difference for you if that makes sense I guess is that the aim yeah 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 I just want everyone to just see each other as equal really Mm. so and the likes of schools and things like that sometimes with kids they might just not understand it so Mm. they might treat others a wee bit differently but it's just going in and showing them that there's nothing wrong with looking a wee bit different yeah absolutely well I'm so thrilled to have you here and to have your six best pieces of advice (laughs) um and your first one is if you don't try you'll never know so tell me why you think that is so important so I think it's because it's something that I've pretty much lived Mm -hmm. so like I was saying before I got sick I I wasn't trying anything so I never knew, but uh, yeah, it took for me to get sick then to start trying things. Like, for example, I used to watch loads of uh, like America's Next Top Model and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I always loved the thought of modeling, but I never ever thought that I could do it. So I never tried. Mm-hmm. But then after I got sick, I, I tried it. And this, that same day that I tried it, I ended up getting signed and really? having two photo shoots. So wow. yeah, so it just took for me to try it. Wow. And do you, you know, like, you know, obviously you're telling this story how many years on um, since since you you found the cancer four years now yeah four years so you're you know you're kind of telling the story obviously you know quite quite quickly in a way like this is what happened and 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 Mm -hmm. then I'm this is how I went on after it but you know it must have taken a long time do you remember thinking a lot about you know what you wish you had tried more do you remember that being something that was going through your head a lot kind of yeah Mm -hmm. there was just different things that I was thinking that like this could go either way and everything and Mm -hmm. like there's so much that I've wanted to do that I've just never got the chance to experience Mm -hmm. But I'm getting to live all of that now, so it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And tell me what you love about modelling. Why was it? Why was that something you were like? This is this is where I want to go. You know, one of the main things for me actually was I had seen on Instagram a model with Down syndrome, okay. and I realised that I had never seen that before. Mm. And then I was there just with my prosthetic and things, so I was just like, you know, I I don't actually see anyone else that really looks like me, and I kind of realised that that was missing. So I was just thinking, well, I want to be able to do it to try to show that it's possible mm. that was actually one of my main reasons as well um for Indoor Miss Northern Ireland so yes I went into that as well because there was no one like me before mm. in any sort of beauty pageant I suppose a beauty competition um but I just wanted to try to show that you can take part and you could even win yeah and in the time that you have been doing this and you've been modeling I mean have you seen things change have it was there resistance at first and now there's not or was have you always you know, been, you know, welcomed more than you have expected? I think, I think there's definitely change happening, but I think that there's still like a long way to go Mm -hmm. because sometimes you'll see certain things where you can tell that some companies might be just trying to tick a box and things like that, but then you can see the other ones that really do care and they care about creating that change. So Mm. yeah, there's still a long way to go, but it's definitely, it's definitely happening. Great. You're, Second piece of advice. I mean, look, it's something that we try and tell ourselves quite a lot, you know, especially when Mm -hmm. things are tough. And that is that everything happens for a reason. 
you know, how how have you how have you seen that in your life? I think again, it just kind of goes back to me getting sick of me losing mm-hmm. my leg and stuff. I think I could have easily just chosen to be sad and yeah. get down about it and lock myself away in a wee in a wee room. But uh, I just decided that everything happens for a reason, and I want to try to do something with what's happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you must recognise as well that you know it took a lot of additional from from within you as well to mm-hmm. to get to where you are today yeah definitely it, it's it's very hard for a lot of people and not everyone adjusts to it in the way that I have mm. so I'm I'm lucky like yeah <laughs> what I mean because you you know you kind of seem to suggest there was this before and after you I mean is it that simple mm-hmm. or were you always kind of like interested but you hadn't had that impetus to to kind of do things I think I've always had interest in things mm. but I just didn't think that I could do it until I realized that I just needed to try. Yeah. And it took for something really life-changing to happen to me for me to finally try things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you must now look on that experience and at least think, you know, as you say, everything happens for a reason, I guess is another way of saying, like, take take the good from bad things that happen too. Yeah, exactly. Because there's actually a video of me whenever I just got diagnosed because... No one knew, but I, I went and found out alone and things. So oh, right. I went out and I, I recorded my reaction on a video. Yeah. And even in the video, I was saying, well, I've had 22 years with both my legs and not everyone even gets that. So mm. I've been lucky. So wow. now I get a chance to live with a wee robot one day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you, have, you, like, have you always been a positive person then? Is that something that comes naturally to you? It's something that I always try. I always try to like, take the positive, positive sort of things, but... Mm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Especially especially back then, I, I definitely was. Yeah. And were there moments when that was tough or? No, not really, because I always just try to make sure that I was experiencing it and seeing it's something new and something that I could learn and try to use to help people. So for me, I was always focused on helping people. So mm. it didn't feel like a bad thing, but I can see how it can be for a lot of other people. Mm. And you work with, I saw in the documentary that, you you know, you, you've worked, gone back and worked with, children who've also had to experience um, amputations I mean how you know why did you find that important to work with children specifically a lot of them don't have anyone that really looks like them or can fully understand how they feel I know I'm a wee bit older than them but I can I can understand them and try to give them advice and teach them wee things in regards to even learning to walk I can help them customize and things just so that they don't feel like it's something scary yeah Um, and I just kind of try to get them excited instead of afraid because it's yeah. a new thing to try that must be hard hard work sometimes and sometimes you must think oh that's a tough day isn't it to go in and talk to a child who's been given that news yeah it's it's always hard but I'm like I wish I could take it from them but yeah it's it's hard you just always have to hope for the best yeah absolutely could you tell me your third piece of best advice please this piece of advice actually means a lot to me it's the flame inside you has to burn brighter than the flame around you. And I've always said, if I get a tattoo, I want to get a tattoo based on this. Okay. And I, I don't even know where, where I learned this, but it was in my head one day. So I must have I must have learned it from somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I love that. <laughs> Explain what it means and what it means to you specifically. For me, it feels like no matter how crazy or bad things are getting all around you, you just have to try to stay motivated and passionate to keep fighting through it. Mm-hmm. So it's about making sure you're stronger inside than the than the things that are going on around you. Yeah, like if things are trying to tear you down, you have to like stay strong. Yeah, and keep pushing through. Yeah. 
And how do you find that now in your life, you know, dealing with your your, your prosthesis? And I know you've talked about having phantom pain still and really struggling mm-hmm. with that. I mean, how do you how do you continue to do that in your life today? I just always, again, it's actually always just thinking about the, like helping people and like, mm. thinking of like the kids and stuff that I get to meet. Um, I just always try to remind myself that it's all worth it because I'm getting to help them. Yeah. So I just keep pushing through myself. Yeah. And do you have a great support network? Do they, that kind of some days you must need to draw on some strength from other people, I guess, as well? Yeah, like my best friends are just amazing. Mm. <laughs> I have like Eamon and Ariana, they're just so close to me. So they're always, they're always by my side helping me as well. Yeah, absolutely. And why, you know, like, why did you think it was important to, you know, take that step and make sure that, you were fighting you know sometimes it must have felt like oh actually it would be easier just to kind of end that bit of my life and get on with something else and not have to talk about everything that happened to me all the time you know what what a lot of people would consider one of the worst moments of their life Mm -hmm. I just I just always just try to make sure that I'm putting information out there even the way that I recorded the the video whenever I got sick it was because I'd realized I hadn't seen it anywhere and I didn't know if there was maybe someone after me that was going to get diagnosed that needed that kind of advice so Mm. the more information that's out there it's like it's good for anyone else that's going to be diagnosed in the future. What kind of information do you think is lacking and what like what would you like to see more of? A lot of young people don't think that it can happen to them Mm -hmm. which is makes it even scarier for them. I remember even in school, if someone came in to give a talk, it would usually be like an older person talking about things, but everyone always thinks like, oh, it'll not happen to me, but it's possible. So it's just trying to create that awareness. Yeah, yeah. And such a fine line to tread, isn't it? Like awareness versus yeah. scaring people. I think that's always such a debate when we talk yeah. about cancer, making sure that people aren't too scared to to check, but making sure they're aware enough to check. Yeah, exactly. No one really wants to to talk about it and think about it or people will always say like the big C and things, but it's so important to recognize that it's a real thing and it can really happen to you. So you need to be aware and always check your bodies. Yeah. And you said, so you said your cancer was very, very rare. How did your diagnosis Mm -hmm. come about? My diagnosis actually took a pretty long time. I was, I was trying to get tested and checked for a a long time. It Mm -hmm. took almost nine months to finally get diagnosed. And because of you were having pain, were you? Yeah, I was getting a lot of pain in my leg and at first there was a wee tiny bump starting to form. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they, they thought it was just like fat or something growing in my leg. So they weren't really checking it. But then it was just getting worse and worse over the months and getting bigger to the point I could barely walk and things. So yeah, by the time then I finally got checked, I was red flagged and yeah, I got diagnosed. Yeah. And sometimes it is about advocating for yourself, right? Especially these mm-hmm. days, you know, yeah, and saying like, no, this isn't right. I want you to carry on looking at this. Exactly. Because even for me, I was going back and going back and going back and trying to get them to check mm. to the point of even trying to book double appointments because then it's like more time to listen. So, right. uh, yeah, it's really, really important to just stand up for yourself. And if you don't agree with what people are saying, just keep on fighting for it and get yourself checked because you know your body best. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back with more from Bernadette after this. I'm here with Bernadette still and we are on your fourth piece of good advice. Could you please tell me what that is? Yeah, it's treat yourself how you treat your best friends. Okay. I mean, that makes absolute sense, doesn't it? But of course, isn't that easy sometimes? Because mm-hmm. it's all about being kind to your mind. I think it's so easy to be very self-critical. Yeah. But you wouldn't be that critical of the people that you love and you care about and you need to care about yourself enough to realise that 
everyone makes we like we few mistakes, so mm. you can't get too down about it. Do you have self-critical moments then? Do you have moments when you you kind of doubt yourself or? Yeah, a wee bit, yeah. Um, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I could have done this better or I could have, even sometimes I'll be walking. I'm like, what? I, I could walk a wee, better, a wee bit better than this. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just different things like that. But it's just recognising that it's okay. So if not everyone is perfect every single day, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, have you found your self-confidence grow in, in the years since, you know, you've had your diagnosis mm-hmm. and operation? Have you Have you found that? your confidence has grown or has it been kind of an up and down journey or it's definitely grown um before it I was so shy and self-conscious and things like I wouldn't even so much as really take a photo so Mm -hmm. it's definitely grown because it's went like a bit of a 180 yes because I'm doing all like the modeling and presenting and things like that so yeah yeah tell us tell us about your presenting so you present Mm -hmm. uh you were saying you present the Northern Irish football Mm mm-hmm crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah I got involved with them actually after doing Miss Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I went in and just recorded like a few wee videos for them. And then I ended up connecting really well with the fans and things. So mm-hmm. I've just continued on and now I'm getting to present for them too. Is that, is that something you always loved? Was that, that always a passion of yours? Yeah, I love the thought of presenting. I've always loved it. Again, it was one of those things that I didn't think I could do, but here I am. Mm-hmm. But I've also been very sporty always wow. growing up. So it's it's mad because before I would use my legs obviously to play like football and Gaelic and things like that, things that I can't really do as much anymore mm-hmm. for this prosthetic. So this is kind of my way of still getting to be involved. And it's so fun. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. And it must just be feel like such a strange place to be, you know, when you've been a fan and now you're mm-hmm. you're at the forefront of it. It's so fun though because I'm getting to watch other people kind of live their dreams. Because for me, it was it was a hobby and something that I enjoyed. But now I'm getting to see. I'm getting to see all the young ones coming in and live their dreams playing. Yeah, absolutely. And you have this big Instagram following now too, obviously, you know, from doing the modelling and the presenting. How do you find mm-hmm. dealing with that, having a, having an audience watching you? Oh, it's it's so mad because <laughs> I, I I love like posting what I feel like posting and sometimes I'm like, does anyone actually care about this or <laughs> is it okay just to post this? So I got in my head a wee bit there and I was like, I don't think anyone actually cares and wants to actually see this, but I've realised it's my page and I should just post my life and things I want to post. Yeah, and you've got this big following now, so obviously they do. Obviously that is what people are interested in. <laughs> um, your fifth piece of advice is no one really knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Tell me about that. Why Why is that important, do you think? Imposter syndrome. Mm. Everyone has it. Mm. I was actually speaking about this recently, actually, with the, the board for the Kennedy Foundation. But yeah, everyone's just kind of figuring things out as they go along a lot of the time. Even heads of companies and things like that, you might think they ha- they know everything and they've got it all together, but everyone's just learning and growing. So, mm. yeah, imposter syndrome. <laughs> hey, whereabouts have you been when you've felt imposter syndrome hit? You know, it's it's mad. Even even the fact that I'm doing this, I'm just like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just like I'm. I just I'm just from Belfast. I just do more. And that's right. That's, you know, a lot of what I guess the Kindness Foundation are trying to do is it's saying like, you know, it's intimidating sometimes to think that everyone else knows what they're doing. But Mm -hmm. when you get in those rooms, you realise actually, you might be as as qualified. But, you know, there's a lot of people who won't even get to that point to find that out because they kind of count themselves out first. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I feel like I relate a lot to a lot of the young people maybe that were getting the chance to to help because I've also been in that position before where I felt like I can't do it so yeah it's great getting 
the opportunity to help them. And when you say you didn't feel like you could do it, what what was it that was blocking you, do you think, when you were thinking, oh, I'd fa- quite fancy that, but I don't think I can do it? I think, I think it's like, for me personally, it's even just like location and things like that, or mm. even a lot of people with disabilities don't feel like they can they can do things, but a lot of people don't have the opportunities to get into the creative industry around them. But a lot of people are also disadvantaged because of maybe race, gender, um, yeah, disabilities, things like that. So it's just about we have we're given those the chance to enter those spaces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can't be what you can't. You can't be what you can't see, can you either? So it's like getting those those first people into a position where people go, oh, well, I can do that then as well. Exactly, exactly. I mean, when you talk about disability specifically, I guess people, you know, there are literal physical barriers, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, disability provision isn't what it should be in a lot of places. I mean, mm-hmm. do you sometimes still find that difficult? I mean, that's crazy in 2023, really. Yeah, like it's actually making me think about one of my friends, Lucy Dawson. She was invited to an event that was with a brand and she thought it was amazing. She thought it was so inclusive. But when she got to the event, she realised it actually wasn't accessible. So she couldn't even go into the doors, but they wanted to use her to promote the brand. So things like that, it's, it's hard. So it's just about trying to make sure that things like that don't happen in the future because she had to leave and she felt obviously very uncomfortable and very sad. So yeah, it's making sure things like that don't happen anymore. Yeah, absolutely. That's horrendous. Mm -hmm. That does go into what your sixth piece of advice is, which is that actions (laughs) speak louder than words. And I, you know, that's absolutely true. I mean, where have you found that? And why do you think, you know, that is the case? I think it's so easy to say you want to do things, but it's making sure that you actually do them. And yeah, there's so many people and brands and organizations out there that say they want to, they want this change, but it's, it's actually, it's actually doing something about it. And that's why I'm actually so proud to be a part of um, the team with Kurt Geiger because I, I'm actually getting to see the changes happening. And on, you know, kind of like a little bit more of a specific level, I mean, what do you, what changes would you like to see within, you know, the creative industry and specifically certain workplaces? You know, something I would love to see, there's there's so many people with disabilities maybe that want to get into like working on sets for audio, um, camera work mm-hmm. and things like that, but they're not being given the chance because they're probably seen as not as fit because of their disability. So I want to see more people with disabilities working um, on sets, creating things, because they just think it's probably not possible. Right, and being behind the scenes, because it's not until you have people in those positions who are saying, well, actually, this is a story, this is interesting, and this is what you should be talking about. Exactly, yeah. We always like to finish on a piece of bad advice you've been given. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what yours is, please? My bad advice is just stay positive. And it's so mad because this was something that I actually used to think was a good thing. I always thought that I always had to stay positive and people were always asking me, how do I always stay positive and things? So I think that added a wee bit of extra pressure onto me to make sure I'm always happy. But I kind of realized that you can get very easily burned out by always trying to stay positive. So Mm -hmm. it's just about taking time to yourself as well. And you don't have to feel happy 24-7. So yeah, just about being true to your your own mind and your own feelings. Right, so I think even earlier I said, you know, you you seem such a positive person. Have you always mm-hmm. been that way? And I guess, is it about saying just because you can be positive doesn't mean that's where your head always needs to be? Exactly. It's definitely good to always like, like try and see, like to try to see the positives out of different situations. But sometimes people just have bad days, and it's okay to have a bad day. <laughs> yeah. And how do you give yourself rest? Because I think 
when you when you put yourself in a position, you know, you've put yourself in and said, I'm going to, you know, I want to help people and I want to be visible. You know, how do you take that rest when people want to talk to you and see you and ask stuff of you? I kind of go into my hobbies at mm. that stage. I'll just take a wee bit of time to myself. So I love I love gaming and I love streaming my gaming right. um, and meeting new people and things like that. So sometimes I'll just take a wee bit of time away and just play my games and chill out. <laughs> Are you quite good at recognising when you need that rest? That's half the battle, right? Yeah, definitely. I never used to be good at it, but one of my friends started to recognise it and then I kind of started to see the signs in it myself. So now okay. I know. <laughs> so they would rec- they recognised it in you and said, I think you need to take a break. Yeah, like one of my one of my best friends, Eamon, he used to see it and just say, I can tell that you you haven't really been sleeping because you're so you're so busy, you need to take a wee bit of time. Right. Um so now I now I make sure that I do. I mean, how did you react to that the first oh, that's hard, isn't it? How did you react to it when the first time he said that to you? At the time I was like thinking, Oh god, um I didn't I didn't realise like I could feel, I feel a bit tired, but I mm. didn't realise as much. But yeah, now I now I realise that I need to make sure that I'm also taking time to myself because I'm not able to be the best person to help other people if I'm not even really helping myself with him so yeah <laughs> no exactly and that goes back to having that amazing support network around you like mm-hmm. you need that sometimes don't you definitely Bernadette thank you so much for your time and for your advice I've absolutely loved talking to you thank you so uh, much it's been so nice speaking to you thanks so much for having me on if you know someone who would have enjoyed that chat please share and recommend the episode and don't forget follow the podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode Take care. Bye for now.